0: Carlton from the Fresh Prince in private. They, there you go. <laughs> oh. the ultimate code switcher. The there ultimate code switcher. There
1: you go. So, Sunset, Sunset. Beach. thinking but, of platinum. platinum. That's what <laughs> I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about platinum. Oh. That oh, is yeah. exactly what I'm thinking oh. about. Oh, you no, know, platinum is my, my heart. G. That's one of my favorite was G. Yeah, I was, like, I was upset when they pulled that one. I was upset, right? If you recognize. You were upset, Chuck. You were yeah. yes. yes. more than that, man.
0: <laughs> it was a good show. It definitely was a good show. I still talk bad about some folks. I will still talk bad about some folks on that one.
1: You know, it was a good show. It was really the first time I got to see you, right? Really in this this expansive character. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolutionaries? What's good, Welcome to the Western Revolution Show. The show for men and the people who love them. Where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corporeau. What's good, Revolutionaries? I hope all is well. I ask you that question all the time. What's good? I hope all is well with you. We are coming to the end of our year. We're coming to the end of 2020. It's been a rocky year for many of us. Things have happened in this life, but we must think about the opportunities, the opportunities that we've been given because of a pandemic, the ability for us to build community back. And it brings me to think about the community that I've had all of my life. As an only child, Bertha and Charles made sure that their friends and their children were my friends. And I had the ability to grow up with these three young men that you'll see and hear from in a few minutes. But as an only child, community means everything, and friendship is essential to the soul. And there were times when them said, we're going to see Shirley. And I just got excited. I would get excited because that means I got to go see Johnny, Jason, And Jarvis. Jarvis was the (laughs) Jarvis. We call him Jughead. Jarvis was Jarvis was a bad little boy. Let's just let's let's just let's just put it out there. Yeah, let's just put it out there. Jarvis was a bad little boy. How long did we wait? How long did we wait? How many minutes did we wait before
2: we went in? That was was about (laughs) forty-five seconds. Forty-five seconds. You you never know.
1: That's right. But there's a story behind this. Love, love, love Jarvis. Jarvis was a bad. Jarvis was always getting stuff. And then there was the precocious one, right? You know, the one that could talk us out of anything. You know, if we got in trouble, he was the diplomat. Right? That was Jason. Jason, we would get in trouble, Jason was like, "I, I can take care of this. Let me let me let me get us out of this." Mom, oh, have Umberth- things have look, changed. Yeah, on Bertha, <laughs> this is this is what happened. Right? <laughs> So Jason would get us out of, out of all the little troubles. If we got lost and we couldn't be found, or we did something that, you know, little, little boys would do, he would get us out of it. And then there was the brain, the brain of, of it all. Big brother, Johnny, big brother, Johnny, Johnny, would, Johnny, the mastermind. Exactly. Johnny would keep the us architect. up in the, exactly. He would, he would keep us up in the middle of the night playing Commodore 64 and the track and was it Commodore 64? What Apple, was it? Apple, 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 Apple. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Johnny had the first Apple ever made, <laughs> right? <laughs> literally, literally, Steve Jobs actually like sent him the first Apple computer ever. He's like, Johnny, you try this out, right? Figure it out, and let us know. <laughs> let us know when what went wrong. And bam, Apple made all this money, and here's Johnny, right? <laughs> Here, here's Johnny. He he. They gave Steve
3: Jobs money. I Steve Jobs money. <laughs>
1: Needless to say, I grew up in a community with uh, three young men who have turned out to be some of the most successful people that I know and some of the most successful people, black men that have encountered this country that we have encountered. Jarvis George, Jason George and Johnny George, effectively, as the Shirley would call them, the George boys. What's going on, brothers? Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. How y'all doing? Hey, doing it's all
3: right. Doing, man?
2: Hey, family. <laughs> Uh, thank you for it's having
1: good. us oh I'm, I'm i'm excited as you know as jason you said on a podcast a couple weeks ago you know you play cousin that's what we are we are we are play cousins i don't know if i used to put the play in front of like my
0: cousins no you know you don't you, you no play you, you legit you legit a cousin you'll play brother you are an adopted brother but you're uh, a legit cousin
1: uh, right. I, I i will take it man it is mean so much to be able to spend some time and space with you all the holidays are coming I know you're probably not coming home, so you don't have to worry about Aunt Shirley having dinner at nine (laughs) o'clock. You know, (laughs) you know, like, hey, we know. Look, we know Christmas Thanksgiving late. (laughs) I love Aunt Shirley, but that's look. you know, Jason would be like, man, you know, we're not going to have dinner until eight or nine o'clock, man. Uh, uh, Aunt Shirley would have everything ready. You know, you've talked about your mother at length, we've had conversations, and I wanna start this before I even ask our signature question. I just wanna bring her into the fold. She has meant an immense amount of, you know, immense, she's brought an immense amount of joy and love into my life, right? And as, as Jason, you said, Jarvis, you mentioned, and Johnny, you talk about it all the time. Shirley George is a force of nature. Why would you characterize her as this? Why is she a force of nature?
3: Which one do you want to have to have the answer that first?
1: Well, you're the you're the matriarch of the family here, Johnny. So I want you to answer that. Question. Patriarch, <laughs>
2: <laughs> the patriarch,
0: sorry. the patriarch um, of the family.
3: Why is she a force of? I couldn't answer why. That's God's own mystery. Mm. Okay, that's God's own mystery. Um, how? Um, because everything starts as a. You ever hear that saying, you know, don't pull on that thread, like a loose thread on a sweater? Okay. She has a way of finding that thread in any situation, then pulling on it, and then things can unravel. But as they (laughs) unravel, they unfurl. And then this happens, and that happens. Before you know it, you're in a world of somewhere else, you have fallen down this rabbit hole into the Alice in Wonderland of Shirley George's, whatever she's getting you into. And then you're like, yeah, you know, I was just going to get a burger. <laughs> right. And now my life is taking on this whole other dynamic and I don't know how to get out of it. And then she'll get the church ladies involved. <laughs> yeah. So then that takes it to a whole nother spectrum. It's um it's uh somewhat dangerous, but you know that God is involved. So
1: they're only gonna let you get but so close. To right. right, right, right. <laughs> Jason Jarvis, your thoughts, man. Why is Shirley George a force of nature?:
0: I think she has a she has a uh, Our mother has a very low tolerance for b s yes um. Her BS meter is uh, impeccable, impeccable, and well tuned. And uh, I'll never forget that Baby. we, uh, <laughs> you, you we our nephew. That's our nephew in the yes, background, right there. Yes. Oh, yeah. You can hear. It, you uh, can hear Benjamin. Uh, yes. Benji. That's, that's the new edition. That's the new. We'll bring him over and build him stuff. But our mother had this ability to, uh, when we would bring friends around the house, she could size them up in about thirty seconds. Because you got to understand, our mother was a not just a teacher and an educator but she was a teacher of teachers and when she taught kids, she taught learning disabled kids. So she had a range of breaking people down and figuring out who they are and what they're about very quickly. So we'd have one set of parents
3: and their parents
0: and, and their parents, I mean, all people, kids, parents, adults. And so I remember you bring one kid around, Kid's in a cardigan. He's dressed up nice. Looks like one of the Cosby kids. You know, like, <laughs> so you know, It like like, looks like one of the Huxtables. Looks like one of the Huxtables. Looks like he's real nice kid. He's yes, sir. No, you know, yes, ma'am. This, that, and the other thing. He's real. And she's like, hmm, I don't trust that kid. I don't trust <laughs> that kid. And and damn if she wouldn't be right. And damn if she wouldn't be right. Because that's the kid who's trying to get some crazy mess as soon as we're. he's like, yo, let's break into the blah, 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 blah. Let's do this. Let's do that. And then we bring around a kid who's got a mohawk rocking a trench coat. And she talked to him for about two, three minutes, and she'd be like, I like that kid. He's got a good heart. And sure enough, she'd be right. This is a kid who, you know, I mean, you know I'm talking about Stan, she was bro, was, right? There. And this is a kid who was practically raising himself because his dad was uh was uh his a, dad surf bum. Was
3: a, a, a surf bum that never grew up. His you dad, know what I mean? His dad was the kind of guy that would walk in and say, Stan, I'm going to Costa Rica. There's beer in the fridge,
0: <laughs> but, 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 but this is a kid who is basically raising himself and doing a pretty good job of it. You know what I mean? Expressing himself how he wants. So like the fact that you got dreads, the fact that you got a Mohawk, that's not the off-putting thing. She's going to look in and see your heart. Yes. She could spot people's heart down the street and figure out if you are about something or if you're about yourself.
2: She was, ah! she was not for the Eddie hassles of the world. She didn't, she didn't, no. she didn't deal with that. And she could spot it. Like you said, a mile away.
1: Yeah. You know what? I, I remember the house in Larkspark, right? That's where most of the trouble that we got in was either front or behind or somewhere. And I have this actually I have this picture of your mother essentially in in the thousands of pictures that we have together. Your picture, picture of your mother standing on the corner of the porch. Right. With that, with that look, <laughs> with with, with yeah. that look that she would give when you know what? All right. It's time for y'all to settle down, man, and shout out to Shirley George and all the things that she's brought to us in this world, to edu- the education world. As I said earlier on, she was a king and queen maker when it came to education in Virginia, right? You had to go, Yes, you had to go through Sir- Shirley George. And if you look on the screen here, if you hear the voices of these young men, she made three kings, right? <laughs> she made three kings. And so... What you have to ask kings revolutionaries is that you have to ask them our signature question, and I will start with our patriarch. Right, my bad for calling you the matriarch. My, we'll start with the patriarch, Johnny, George, Max, Nomad, best-selling author brother. What's your revolution?
3: Um. First of all, I'm humble. Thank you for having me. here. And um, not not best-selling author, not yet. It's new <laughs> process. Um, my revolution, waking up every day to rededicate myself to using my purpose. I have three passions, art, art, graphic design, computers, and writing, using all three for my purpose. And my purpose is to make someone's life better, to either help someone, help their business to do that. Um, you now everything else uh, that falls into place after that, I don't know the way I look at it. If if you can't bring peace, it's not practical. There's no purpose to it. It's, it's BS. Well, <laughs> it's either you, you either learn it, earn it, or it's BS. Mm.
1: You know, um, I don't know. I could I could ramble on, but man, go ahead, man. That's you know what we what we've done here at the show, man. Is that your revolution has the ability to touch people. You think about, like you said, art, graphic design, computers, right? You, you think about that ability to change people's lives. You know, you think about the last book that you wrote. Why, why was that, that last book, what was that? How was that a part of your revolution? Tell us about it, Johnny.
3: Um, I grew up as a computer hacker. <laughs> okay. There you go. So... Um, The last book, which is, needs a sorely out of date because everything changes so fast in cybersecurity. Um, I've grown up with cybersecurity since before was a term. And even though I've moved out of it and got back into it and out of it and into it, it's kind of part of who I am. Um, Part, and then I also love zombie movies. The worst, <laughs> the more low budget, the better. For um, whatever
1: reason. No World uh, War Z. Come on, you're not Brad Pitt in it.
3: Oh no, I I, I dig <laughs> that too. But then there's always there's also the one. It's like, man, I can see the boom mic. What's that? <laughs> thing you know, and um, but so what I did was figured out how to basically take the whole zombie apocalypse metaphor use it as a metaphor to explain various aspects of cybercrime because most of my clients, I, I could say yeah, there's, this is how a botnet works. And there's hundred thousand computers, this, that, and the other thing. Within the first th- few seconds, their eyes would be glazing over. They're like, yeah, they don't get it. They don't care. But if I said, okay, it's like there are a hundred thousand zombies out in the parking lot and they're trying to get in this building break down the door to get at you and everything in here. They get that. They don't even have to like zombie movies. <laughs> they get that. So I took that and extrapolated it into a book and plus I had some weird misadventures interviewing some cyber criminals and some scenarios and um explaining how some things are done. But everything that has happened since that book was published um almost makes it quaint by comparison
1: what do you mean i mean I, i'm i'm thinking johnny you know as jarvis and jason look on you know I, i'm thinking like russia hack like you know one of yeah, the greatest russia you, hack. right one <laughs> of the greatest hacks in american history mm-hmm. right we we think about how we live right we think about how easy it is for us to leave to put our passwords into different things to you know not even think i, I think about last pass i'm thinking i'm protecting all my passwords johnny's gonna be like nah you're really not Right.
3: <laughs> no, use you know, a password manager. Use a password manager. I've got more than eight hundred passwords. Most of them are twenty plus characters long and I have them randomized. So someone could put a gun to my head and say, Tell me the pat tell me your Facebook password. I'm like Shh. I don't know. I, I don't is I just use that to put it in place. Um and I refuse to put that in the cloud because I don't want that to get hacked. And so it would be easier for someone to just run up and just jack me, just physically run up and put a gun on me. And I'm like, well, so much for worrying about my password. <laughs> you know?
1: Right. But you think about this, you think about cybersecurity, and we're talking about it daily, uh, these various hacks that are going on around the world and around the country. And like you said, why is it so important for us to know like, what's going on and the importance for us to be prepared as a country, as individuals, right? To, to protect ourselves in this world. Well,
3: it's, well, it's about protecting your, uh, really, ever since the dawn of mankind, you are who you say you are, okay? Once upon a time, you know, people figured out, ah, oh, you know, they say, man, well, I've got this first name, so-and-so's got this first name, We got too many of us running around with the same first name. So we need to come up with last names. Okay. Now they got a first name and last name. And then after a while, that wasn't enough. So then they came up with social security numbers. Okay. All of this is just to keep someone else from pretending to be you to get at what you've got. And now we're living in an era where the internet can be used to teach some of the most. We've got all of human knowledge at our fingertips. And we can look at the cutest kitties in the world. <laughs> <laughs> However you decide to use it. Don't call out your brother, man. Don't and call and out Jason is, like The <laughs> problem is, is that there's a, also um, the ability, you know, some of the Al Capones, the Meyer Lanskys, um, the John Gottys of the 21st century are alive today and they're using keyboards and mice and um ways of you know reading your chipped credit card from several feet away wow all right the days of the stuff where like goodfellas and godfather they the uh, that that's you know that that's going to be like the bootleg movies of prohibition wow so i mean i remember prohibition pass me another beer
0: no you know um <laughs> You said analog crime is past sec. Yeah. Analog, analog mobs are past sec. You
3: can rob, yeah, you can, you know, you can rob, you can get more with a keyboard. You can steal more with a keyboard than you can running in and robbing a bank.
2: Wow. Or wow. even worse, you give it away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a well-crafted well crafted email <laughs> or a phone call, you know, with the automated message. Hi. We're calling you from the yeah. Social Security office. Your Social Security number is mm-hmm. being held in check. What have you ever heard that before? Never. But they get that message, and it yeah. scares a lot yeah. of people. They I think of, their look info freely. Yeah, I oh, yeah, think, but about I mean, on Shirley, they,
3: they try it on Ma regularly.
1: Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I, look, Mom and Dad, I'm always, I'm always trying to. Make sure that Dad look. Dad's not answering the phone, uh, especially <laughs> or you know teaching Mom about email. It is definitely important. As you can see, revolutionaries, right? You can see the brain, right? And uh, how he thinks through <laughs> how how he thinks through everything. Let me go to the bad the, the bad boy of the crew. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> no, no. Jason. Look, let me go to the bad boy. Look, you know, <laughs> growing up, Jarvis, man, you, you you always knew that Jarvis was going to be behind us, like doing something Like Jarvis, what what were you doing, man? What were you thinking, right? I Next wanted to you, be y'all. I want to roll with y'all. You wanted to roll with us, and and we loved it. Next thing you know, he's graduating with honors from Kensville High School. All of a sudden, he's like all-star cornerback at H.U. Howard University. Somebody's going to say the real H.U. in a second, but... H.U.? You know? <laughs> you know, and then, then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, right, I'm watching TV and I'm like, this show called Dave. Like, wait a minute, that's, that's Jarvis, right? That's, that's, <laughs> that's Jarvis. And if I'm correct, Jarvis, you just booked a spot on Bold and the Beautiful, if I'm, if I'm I, right, uh, that right? That is,
2: that is correct. During, during the COVID to, a true, true blessing to be working during these COVID times. So yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I'm, right. I'm happy. Jarvis George, youngest of the crew, brother, what's your revolution?
2: Oh, man. Uh, each one, teach one. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You know, we were talking about Ma earlier and who she was and I'm going to go back into that a little bit because I didn't get to say what I thought that she was a force but it, it links into what I'm saying about each one, teach one. Uh, Ma does and has always known exactly who she is mm, you're right and and that's a that's a that's a formidable thing in any individual but especially a, a a woman in today's in in the world and in a black woman in america you know you're not going to talk to me a certain kind of way you're not going to do this as a matter of fact not only are you not going to do that but I'm educated, I'm hip to your game. The game that you run on other people, you are not going to run on me. And then I'm gonna teach my sons how to think this way. And then I'm gonna teach too. my sons this, <laughs> this game too. So we joke around all the time that Ma was connected from the Virginia Beach school board all the, the way up mafia. to the governor of Virginia, the teacher, teacher mafia. mafia, you know? And, and part of that is because early on, Ma instilled in us how how sausages made, how the gears turn in a lot of institutions, but really just boiling it down to all these institutions in the world are just people. You know, it's, it's not, it's not a grand nefarious conspiracy. It's just people. It's just people being with other people. And you can, the best way to have a goal and to achieve it is to understand people and to work with people and to help people. And that help, comes in many different forms. And for her, it was, it was a teacher. That's what she wanted to do. She wanted to help. She wanted to instill confidence and information and astuteness in other people. So when I see that, and I took that on, you know, and, and even in football, in art, you know, my art, the things that I gravitated to deal with people, they deal with me working with other people and yeah, it can be crazy. It can be pull your hair out, insane, sometimes. But the 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 pros, <laughs> right? The the pros for me massively outweigh the cons. You know, when when you're actually in a teacher mode, when a teacher capacity, and somebody's not getting something, and you can impart that information to them, and you see that light bulb moment. Yes. The, the eyes change and they go and there's that realization that they understood what you were talking about. And then the confidence and ownership that they were able to do it. And then that is like a, a domino effect and it spreads in everything they do. They approach the next thing with, okay, I may not know how to do this now, but I figured this other thing out so I can figure this out. And if I can't figure it out, I know well enough to ask someone you know, and it's that each one teach one. So on one hand, it's that paying it forward. Somebody did it for you. You do it for somebody else, but it is, like you said, you're building, you're building that sense of community by giving of yourself and giving of your time to impart wisdom or to help figure something out. And then on top of that, just the, the intangibles I know that I get from, from working with other people, the joy um, the discipline, the camaraderie, and sometimes even learning about myself.
3: Yeah. Like,
2: yeah, okay.
3: All the, time.
2: You, All you, the you, time. you were, you were, you know, you might've been a little wrong there, you know, judging by the person's response to to what I said or what I did. So if there's a chance to make amends with that person, great. Sometimes you don't get that chance, but you do get the chance for the next individual. Tell the story. That yes. you talk to, you go, okay, let me, My wife has a great saying and I I steal it from her all the time. Let me be better today than I was yesterday. Yeah. So if I, if I fell down on Monday, on Tuesday, I'm going to rise up Mm -hmm. and it it doesn't have to always be, uh, the moment that changes the world, but it's those smaller moments that change someone. So like in this COVID time, okay, wear your mask. you got your mask up. Mm. Right, and in in where I live, I see people sometimes who don't wear masks. I was psychotic about wearing my mask (laughs) in the very beginning because you know, y'all were making fun of me. I have a, I have, I went out and before everyone was buying masks, I was like, let me go out and get masks. So I bought a bunch of K95, N95 masks, but I also bought um, those particle masks. So I was running around looking like Bane, I was
0: straight up, (laughs) right? Right, Right. really was. And he people, straight up ninja, came like drain. He was like, yeah. he just rolled through the entire like superhero catalog with this mask.
2: You <laughs> were to the Rebel Alliance and the Traitor.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, and, and my wife has bronchial issues. So it was also a part of let me be safe for her and my yeah. son. But I wasn't trying. I, we didn't know what COVID was about, right? right? And I saw people, now whether I did it or whether someone else in their circle did it, I started to see people catch on around my home. They started wearing their masks. You know, they started wearing their masks all the time. It's those little things, you know, you bump into somebody, you say, hey, my fault, man. Excuse me. Or you open the door for somebody. They may go out into the world. The next person they meet, they open the door for someone. They say, excuse me. That
1: model
3: behavior. Hold on, Jay. The, the, I, David, I wanted the, the Bane mask, by the way, Judge. I tried <laughs> no, to get one. I him. just want to hit Judd. Like, I tried to get, get it, get, it for you. I was like, man, Get I'm him. Take this get to him. Little Go little get little.
0: him. I just want to hit Jug. I want to hit you with this other piece that you missed a little bit in your own thought because it's too close sometimes for you to see. When you talk about each one, teach one, uh-huh. Uh, dear friend of mine said to me, and I said it to you back in the day, that a man never truly knows what he knows until he has to teach it to his son. Uh, mm, that you are right. constantly, <laughs> every day, by example... Every day, by example, you were teaching this child in your house—the one who's back there trying to tear up your joint right now. Yes, oh, sir. You know and I'm saying that's—it's on your mind. You know what I mean it's, its true. Like I,
2: I will tell Benjamin, my son's name, Benjamin, Benji, Benny. We call him Benny Strong Legs because he kicks Benny you. Stronglegs. in Strong Legs. Benny Strong Legs would kick you in the jaw in a minute. Uh, Benjamin, like a superhero. <laughs> Benjamin does like case in point during covid everything is shut down his daycare was shut down so my wife and i became his daycare so part of his physical you know exercise i take him for walks right we go out for a walk and i let him play in this little area that is a sidewalk and the sidewalk is bordered by rocks he doesn't pick up the rocks and throw them or whatever he's like really inquisitive he loves looking at the rocks so while he's playing with the rocks i lean up against the wall and i fold my arms. Because I'm i I'm not doing nothing. I'm just letting him play. He looks at me. And then he goes and he plays with the rocks. Then he looks at me again. And then he, he goes. Nice. Yeah. And he's trying Night. to fold his arms. <laughs>
1: there you go. And, then, and I'm,
2: I'm you know, I'm doing the cool lean. So I got my arms and I'm leaning against the wall with the leg kicked back. The best he, James Dean. My best James Dean. Benjamin has no balance. So he doesn't <laughs> lean against the wall. <laughs> He just tries to, in midair, put his leg back, and it looks like he's doing some weird, you know, yoga pose. He's doing the, <laughs> doing all this nonsense.
0: He's doing a yoga pose. You're doing an R and B poster. You're doing the R and B poster <laughs> right up against right. right. the
1: wall. Right. Find, find Google, Google Jarvis R&B. George. You'll see an R R and B poster. <laughs> Google
2: Google Jarvis George. You definitely gonna see an R and B poster, right? <laughs> but he 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 was soaking up what I did as opposed to what I tell him. Does he listen to what I tell him? Most of the time. But as you said, Chuck, did I listen when I was a kid most of the time? <laughs> no. And I tear stuff up and get in trouble. And how many times did I sneak out the house after I, when I was on punishment? Because mom told me All you want punishment. And lo and behold, I always got hurt. But if I had paid attention and soaked up what she was doing or something to do, I probably wouldn't have done all that. So it was just a great, great lesson uh, with with Benjamin about about presence. You know, about the Jason to your point, the the presence of of being there. So he's looking at me like, this is not just what to do, but it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and that's important. <laughs> that is it's that, scary. That's
1: huge, man. You know, one thing that I took away from that, Jarvis, is that your actions in your actions you don't have to change the world right it's the little it is the little things that we do consistently every yep. day the models that we have every day that's what bertha charles and shirley gave to us those those consistent models of leadership and parenting and love And guidance. Right. Mm -hmm. You you, you think about that. Right. Shirley still calls me. Right. And and I'm sure when I do the show notes and and, and title this, you know, right. A a, a mother's guidance to to, the three kings. Right. Something's like something like that. But you think about those small, those small opportunities that she gave you all. Right. Those those small opportunities every day to see this, right, to see a force of nature. And you think about this and we'll get to you, Jason, in a second. Right. You think about the forces of nature that you have become. Right. Not only in your family's lives. Right. But in other people's lives. Right? You, you, you think about that. And that is a great segue, because if, if I think about this, this force of nature. Right. This, mm-hmm. this this precocious kid who I knew that talked us out of everything. Right. That talked his way into scholarship at UVA, then had the ability to say, you know what? Well, I know about all these scholarships, so let me tell you about this. Right. Then ended up at Temple, in acting school there. Right. Tell me if I'm wrong. Right. All of a sudden you find him. Right. And and what was what was the what was the 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 you were. I couldn't remember this show, Jason, and I forgot to go find it where you were. I want to say a rap star, but maybe you were.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, a rap you no, oh, that yeah.
1: once, but you're thinking of Sunset
3: Beach, probably. Going to say Sunset Beach. No, I, oh, no, I, I, I no, want to bring it the,
0: the rap star was off center, off center. Yeah. Of sitcom. Oh, the rapper who was uh, he was like Tupac in public, but like Carlton from The Fresh Prince in private. There, there, you, go. <laughs> oh. there you go. ultimate code switcher. The there ultimate code switcher. There
1: you go. So Sunset, Sunset. Beach. I'm thinking but, of platinum. That's what I'm <laughs> thinking about. I'm thinking about platinum. Oh. That oh, is yeah. exactly what I'm thinking oh, you know, about. Fandom, That's that my G. heart. That's one of my it favorite was Yeah, I was, look, I was upset when they pulled that one. I was upset, right? If you recognize... You were upset, Chuck. But I you were more than that man.
0: <laughs> it was a good show. It definitely was a good show. I still talk bad about some folks. I that, would still talk bad about some folks on that one
1: because... You know, it, it was a good show. And it was really the first time I got to see you, right? Really in this, this expansive character, right? Your ability to play really you know, a lead in this role, like this character, I'm like, oh, damn, Jason is, Jason is killing it. Now it's 2020. You are a Grey's Anatomy alum. You get to hang out with Shonda Rhimes, right? Station 19, you know, Jason George, what's your revolution?
0: You know, first off, I, I just gotta, I gotta give love to, the, for having us all on, letting the three of us have a chance. Cause I don't, know that this has happened besides, you know, on any recorded thing besides, you know, dinners. I, this to me feels like the first, the first Thanksgiving dinner when Jarvis got old enough to drink. And, <laughs> you know, and our mother turned to him and said, you want a beer? And everybody was like, oh, we're there now. we doing that? <laughs> right? we doing that?
2: We're and there. Just,
0: and, and everybody felt real grown. Everybody felt real grown. And I was still grown. scared I, to say
2: yes. I was still I, scared I, to say yes. Right?
0: I thought it was a trick. Yeah, oh. it's a trick. It's a trap. It's a trap. Don't do it, Rambo. It's a <laughs> trap. <laughs> um, But no, it feels it like beep. that because, because you know, Chuck, you are our family. And you're Chuck to us. I, I still trip off the Dr. Corp. Room. You know what I mean? <laughs> when we're, we're he said
2: Dr. Corp, I said,
0: yeah we, yeah we we are beyond proud of you but it's still it's still trippy that you know because you know boys become men yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. and that's that's not just an r b name um <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's you know and so it's uh it's trippy um my revolution uh for me right now i feel like i'm trying to be about my revolution is about i try to be about solutions to collective problems not necessarily about women um, and, and I'll explain that difference. Cause sometimes you have to win in order to get into a position where you can solve the problems. Uh, but oftentimes winning becomes about you, right? If I yes. can talk bad about our current president for a second, he wants to win. And it's like, okay, you want to win, but what, what, why do you want to win? Are you trying to solve? Our, I, I don't see him trying to solve any of my personal problems.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell the story. he wants Tell to win for him.
0: He wants to win for him. Right.
3: Um, it's a par- It's a paric victory. He will burn well, down the kingdom
0: well, it, and, to, yeah, win. I, to win it, it, all day, all day. And he wants to win for his own glorification. Right. As opposed to if you're about solving problems, <laughs> you know, if you're about solving problems, you know, Martin Luther King never got an elected office. He was about solving problems. Malcolm X never got an elected office. Shirley George, you know, was not elected to any highest. So that trying to be about solving problems is where can I fit in to be most effective? Where can I be, you know, for the collective problems that we have? And it's kind of, I mean, for me, it's even how I view uh, acting is, you know, I remember, you know, because we, we all watch the behind the scenes or the interviews and I remember like Tommy Lee Jones, I think on uh, one of the Inside the Actor studios and I stole it and I've said it to many, many people. He said, my job as an actor is to be a problem solver. I need to see the problems in the script, see the problems in the character and solve it before the director even knows it's a problem. Um. And it's like putting the puzzle together. You know what I mean? I need to solve this problem the, the character, solve the problem of how this character fits into the bigger puzzle of the of the greater story, you know, all that sort of stuff. And that's, to me, it's fascinating. And then, then it's also what we do in uh, in real life. There are a lot of issues facing us and how can I be part of solving that problem? Does that mean that I got to, you know, get to an elected position? Oftentimes people say, well, I don't hold an office, so what can I do? And I'm like, I got friends who are, you know, not elected officials, but just got together with other folks, started talking. That's how Black Lives Matter got formed. You know, that's how Patrice Cullors and, and a bunch of the other folks got to, you know, they just had these conversations and they said, what can I do? And they said, how can I help solve this problem? You know, and w- winning is, you know, look, any any married couple will tell you, sometimes winning the argument is not that's solving true. the problem. Yeah. Right. And so I'm just so, in, in my, and all assets that's a king that keeps, keeps ringing in my ears these days is, be about solving the problem and sometimes that means you know no i don't have to win this one i don't Mm -hmm. gotta i don't gotta fight to win for me so i'm the one yeah winning the argument you're like no that's the argument is about i want to know that i beat you in the argument no sometimes it's like did you hear the message let's solve the problem let's solve the problem
3: football a game of football is a game of inches you know it's like, look we've we've got to the first down first and ten
0: yeah You know, and so, I mean, that's, so that's the thing that I'm about these days. And I try and do it in, in my acting, in my family, in my marriage, in my, you know, work with the actor's union, you know, I try and, you know, in, in activism, I try try and see where I can fit in and how I can help solve the problem. And I don't need the glory from it. I don't need, you know, you know, when Prince died, uh, I was talking with Van Jones and, and, he just broke down how much like how little we all had any concept of how much philanthropy prince yeah. had done while he was alive because he wasn't doing it for his own glory. Mm. He was like I think it's something that needs to get done. And so he would do it and he and that's the he was doing it so that it got done, not so that everybody saw that I did it, then everybody thinks that I'm the man and, this, and that to me is that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's 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 my revolution right now.
1: Man, revolution is if you hear like these three revolutions and what these brothers are talking about, it is not for themselves, right? We think about everybody that's been on the show, everybody that's been on in 2020, every brother that has encountered and walked into this stage, as we'll call it, has talked about how they are they are proliferating a revolution that is not for themselves, right? And, and I, I think about this, Jason, as you talk about that, it's not about winning, it's about solving problems. And part of that solving problems is having conversation, right mm-hmm. let, let, let's talk about the activism <clears throat> let's bring this conversation to the forefront and i want us to talk about this together right we're not having conversations in our country anymore we you know it, it, there's a number of books out there about the tribes the camps that we have entrenched ourselves in right mm-hmm. if we think about it, and everybody wants to win i'm better than you right the right is better than the left the left is better than the right what's happening in the middle why no i'm not even going to ask that question <laughs> How do we get right? Right, how do we get people back to communicating with each other and not thinking about I gotta win this conversation? How do we get back to this middle? Because you remember, as kids, man, we had to figure stuff out. <laughs> yeah. I, have a, I have a theory right. on
3: that, but I don't know. Um, part I think a part of it, see, when it comes to life online, and something, you know, because I've technically been online since the early 80s i mean before there was an internet for us to get on it was on bbs's and all that and i saw how you you kind of there's an evolution that you go through and um and the thing about it is is that once you learn that revolution point that i'm getting to is this number one you have to learn how to unplug okay and i think Part of getting back to that conversation is people have to get to that point in their evolution online where they realize, you know what, I've got to unplug. Um, I cannot, a tweet, you know, like I've heard I've heard someone tell me about, uh, I broke it with my boyfriend by tweeting him. I was like, no, 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 <laughs> that's not, what are you talking about? So you have a conversation. Human beings have been having conversations for hundreds of thousands of years, and only yes, within yes. the past 20 years, suddenly this. You gotta learn how to unplug it. You, you know, unplug yeah. from it, have a real conversation, um, go out for a walk, look up at the sky, hug somebody when we can get back to hugging somebody.
2: You, you know what's crazy, Max, <laughs> about what you said about uh, that how we went from having conversations to this? Yeah. Um, and you and I have talked about it that I, I had like a, a a breakdown like last year or was it the year before last with Facebook. I was through with Facebook. I, I was like, <laughs> it's not serving me. I was so angry. I'm leaving and whatever else, because I just saw that it had become this this echo chamber, you know, and social media can become this echo chamber. Digital the digital world can become this echo chamber. And Max, when you talked about conversations, people conflate this with actually talking to another person because in reality that what you read is still in your head is you it's still Mm -hmm. a filter of this other individual through you versus you not having any control over what's being said to you or what's being presented to you or done to you and it's like with what jason said when you actually engage and you're dealing with other people There is risk that you may not win. You might lose. Okay. And that's part of the human dynamic. When, you know, when you're engaging with someone else, there's what you want and what you want to have happen. But then there's what they want and what they want to have happen.
3: You can't block somebody if you're sitting
2: there in front of you. You can't just say block (laughs) <laughs> and well, it's done, it, it, and I won. You see how I blocked, him? my block was my block was way strong.
0: Well, and, so, and, and also, I'm gonna throw this out. I'm gonna throw this out, Jug, to t- t- touch on your point, because we're talking about you know four brothers who grew up all together. You know, when you're sitting with somebody, you pay attention to how you say it, because yes. you might get knocked out. Right. <laughs> you might. Right. You might you know, catch. Get I mean, knocked out. four of us sitting here. How many times have we? You know, I mean, it's like you know. It's you like, catch a yeah. shoe. It's, just, I was just
2: gonna say, Max, his sixteen size shoe. You talk slick. That thing come like a boomerang. <laughs> and <laughs> I was usually the recipient.
1: Yeah, yeah, very, you know, true. Also very, true. very true.
2: very fast. But, right. And yeah, he'll you put dodge, on, the, you on dodge, the track if, team the
0: football. If, team. if you can dodge a size seventeen shoe, you can dodge. You can dodge. You can ball. dodge anything. <laughs> you can get a scholarship at Howard playing football <laughs> right. for him.
2: There you go. So, no. so I owe you.
0: I but, owe you. <laughs> but, but there's a lot to be said for people because it lacks when you're not sitting in front of another human being. You don't think about you're not reading that other human beings, nonverbal signals. And so you can talk any old kind of way. Uh, I have a couple of friends who say, how come you don't get in that many you know, fights on Twitter and social media? I say because I say it on, on social media the way I would say it to your face. Mm. Um, most people tend to talk Nuggets. in a real Everybody's looking for that ultimate clapback. Everybody's looking for that ultimate mm. burn. Everybody's talking big. And I'm like, if I was sitting here, you would not come at me like that because you know uh, I might come across this table and then it stops being a conversation. <laughs> so it's, a it starts being ass ass it's a whole, whole, whole ass different thing. It's a whole different thing. Right? So you always got to talk like you're actually talking to a person. You know what I mean? Deal with the humanity in front of you. And then the other part is, the other part is listening goes out the door. We listen to the nonverbals of Are you hearing what I'm saying? When people when I talk and I see I'm sitting here looking at three men I've grown up my entire life, but I can also see you nodding your head a little bit because we're on a, you know, we're on a visual medium right now as well as the audible medium. Right? When I see you nodding your head, I know you're hearing what I'm saying. But I can also tell when I'm talking to somebody and their brain is trying to they're not hearing what I'm saying. They're trying to figure out how to rebut what I'm saying. They're trying to figure can, out how to attack what I'm saying the whole time I'm I, speaking. Can I co-sign on that for a second? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah,
2: dude. Jason and I have a conversation at his house, and we're talking about something, and I get real emotional about stuff. Really? So I'm, I'm the dude that hop up from the table, and I'm like, but And Jason, look, this is how you know the conversation will go real different online versus real life. So I'm in this house at his dining room table, you know, we're having a family gathering and I jump up, pound the table, and he goes, Now what I was saying, <laughs> if you let me finish, watch your tone, watch your tone, <laughs> hands on your head, watch your tone. Watch your tone. <laughs> Pull that bass out your voice. Cause you're talking to me crazy at my dining room table <laughs> in my house. You know, and it wasn't like I was I wasn't coming at him. I'm no. passionate about the subject, but at the same yeah. time, it was like you have ceased. Like he said, I was in a feedback loop on myself of how I was feeling and what I wanted to say. And it was no longer about solving or understanding a, a solution. We weren't trying to solve necessarily the world's ills, yeah. but understanding a possible solution. It was more about how how this subject made me feel and I need to get that out. And that is that is valid to a certain degree. But how I was just coming like this volcano at him, he was like, he stopped. He took a breath, and then he leaned his head down and he said, "So, so there was the physical nonverbals, and then there was the enunciation. There, there was the the Jarvis. Shakespearean <laughs> elocution, the diction, the plosives and the consonants. Like, you know, that's that's DefCon t- three. When we hit DefCon two, that means I'm I'm gonna start doing this." And we're not going to be talking with perfect diction. Yeah. DEFCON right. means
0: I was, you waking up. It was trained, uh, act, trained, we actor, we trained, lose our eloquence. trained, actor, trained, actor. <laughs> yeah. trained actor. I'm going to give you voice and diction, and then we just right. going to take it to the street. we going to get right. speed up in this piece. <laughs> yeah. Speaking <laughs> so I, I can, of. I can attest. Gangstick. I can attest.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, and, and, and this is just amazing. Yeah, no, to,
2: remember that. Yeah, yeah. I remember that
1: just amazing to hear how we can dialogue and how just even in this, we can dialogue together and talk about how the strategies and tips that we need to actually have more effective conversations with each other. John, I'm going to leave this one out for you because I want to hear from Jason and Jarvis because there are a lot of conversations that are going on in Hollywood about Black men and, and, and leading roles and the ability to star and the hard work that has to go into this both of you are esteemed actors in the space what has it been like for you right to ascend in this journey of saying you know what I'm, I'm gonna come from x and get to y and y is i'm going to be a lead actor a leading roles in a major major production right what have been the barriers and what have been the successes for you in this road Jason.
0: No, I was going to let Jug go first. I go was to say, Jase, you want to say it? Um, there,
2: there, um, there are so many successes and so many uh, failures and triumphs and, and, and almost in, in this industry in general. Um, when you start talking about people of color and especially black men, we're, we're only, and this is my opinion, we're, we're only now starting to turn a corner where people will look past, begin to look past the real world historical context and the baggage that they bring with them and start to actually see an individual, a man, a talent, or what have you. Yes, you might've gotten a job Because we're looking, you know, it's a visual medium. Film and television is a visual medium. And to an extent, things on the stage, too. If you want to tell an August Wilson story, you know, we're going to cast Black actors. Because we're trying to tell a a historical framing. Um, But I think now, when you see more Black people, but also Black men in, in leading roles, and especially in leading roles that aren't necessarily connected to, to a, uh, a, a historical stereotype, it really validates a number of things. It validates first and foremost, the individual who's in the role, but it also validates the people behind the scenes who are saying for whatever reason, whether it be monetary, whether it be financial, or whether it be cultural, or whether it be political, you know, winds are, sh- are shifting, but the change happens. And when those individuals are in those roles, they're able to flourish and show the breadth of their humanity and their discourse. Yeah. And what it also does is it gives validation to people who have not felt seen in that way. And what I mean by that is we there used to be a joke in, in horror films that everybody said that, yeah, yeah, you have a black person and they're going to die. Either the first, first one to one. die, first, the first, first one to die, or we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do the okie doke. We're gonna wait till they're the last one. So you go, oh, he's gonna, she's gonna make it. Oh, oh. oh no, they got killed. You know, and say you're a person, or, or that's true, <laughs> zombie, zombie <laughs> fan. You go or, ahead, I'll just die. <laughs> right, <laughs> slowly fade out of scene, out of frame, <laughs> or. Th- Hats were hung on again the the stereotypes the magic Negro, the magical Negro, uh, who was the sidekick who was there to teach, oftentimes the white person what it means to be human, you know. So they're not really a person; they're a plot device mm. to to give the white lead their humanity, their breadth of experience, good, bad, and and the other. Or you were, you know, Doug number three. We need you to be there. <laughs> To be indicative, or, or, or the plot point for usually the the white lead to run, jump off of a car, tackle you, cuff you, beat you down, shoot you, because you know, law and order must prevail.
1: Yeah. Speaking
2: can of you thug, blacker, thug number can you three, be blacker when you run. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have had that said. Yeah, I have had that said sometimes oh. in not so many words, and sometimes
0: more directly. So mm. can, can you make it more urban? More can free, you make it more free, urban? More, more, more urban. urban.
1: Speaking right. of urban and Thug Number Three, uh Jarvis was in season one of The Wire. Just so you know, in yep. in the in the, yep. in the season yeah. finale, sitting on the bench, right? <laughs> right, sitting on the going bench. Going to jail. Going to jail. Going right? to jail. You, you know go, exactly, Jarvis. Man, like. Literally, that was a drop the mic moment, Jason. I don't know. <laughs> you, literally, the the eloquence and eloquence of that diatribe was, I mean, really talks about the the nuances and the the varities, the variants that black men have to go through to ascend, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, look. The only thing I'll say, I mean, because Jug hits so much of it. Uh, one, I think it's got to be acknowledged that. Uh, as bad as black men have it black women have it far worse mm. yeah um far worse Dang. um is the first thing i'll say you know, I, I, well. I do a lot of i do a lot of work uh i, I chair at sag after which is the the union for actors i chair uh, a committee called the diversity advisory committee which is kind of like the united nations of underrepresented <laughs> communities it's like you got eoc which typically is uh Black folks, Latinx folks, et cetera, et cetera, but there is a, a, a Latin, Latinx and Hispanic community uh, subcommittee. There's an Asian American Pacific Islander subcommittee. There's a women's committee, a seniors committee, a performers of disabilities committee, because the reality is when you're talking about underrepresented communities, it's almost a plug and chug, like what is the problem? And you can say, well, there's an assumption made about X, fill in the blank, black men, you know, deaf people, uh, women over a certain age fill in the blank and it's almost the same they only end up with certain kind of roles because of this they're seeing that they can't do that so we circled all these underrepresented communities to try and find best practices uh so what are you doing to make life better for for that community and how can we take that and put into other communities information that comes down to all the other communities but basically the thing is uh it just comes down to the assumptions that are made about that community um and they're usually based on Uh, you know, I I always say stereotypes Mm -hmm. are based on a kernel of truth, but with no context. You know, I mean, like the age old one that's easy to spot is black folks are lazy. And I'm like, well, if you had to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for less than no money for literally, you know, giving your life and you get whipped if you don't work, would you work hard or would you (laughs) slow down or would you slow down the, the work like, you know what, let me if I can, we weren't I know lazy I
3: can. for a couple hundred years during slavery. I, you know, it was only after bustle. after emancipation that suddenly we got lazy all of a sudden. I'm,
0: I'm saying, but, you know, you know, get a brother working for himself and you're going to see somebody killing it, hustling. But if if I know if I got to break my neck to pick 15 bales of cotton and I'm, I'm I've broken my back and I've crippled myself and my fingers are crumpled, I'm going to slow it down to seven or eight because that's <laughs> self-preservation, that's survival.
1: Mm, but then Cooper when I'm working says. for
0: myself, it's a different thing, right? Yes. So there's a kernel of truth to the stereotype that's taken out of context. And so these assumptions that get made, and, and the assumptions keep being on top of each other, like there's an assumption in Hollywood that existed for years that black movies don't sell in China. That when you know movies make a huge portion of their money overseas, and that's a big look towards who they're choosing to be in the movie, what movies they're choosing to make, and they said, well, black movies don't sell in China. And, that's, and the answer was, did you ever try and sell a black movie in China? It's a self-fulfilling prophecy based yeah. on the assumptions mm. that you made. Now, cut to Will Smith doing, uh, you know, uh, Independence Day. And he's like, who's the dude in China who decides who's coming over and what people come over? <laughs> right. Will Will Smith made him his best friend. Next thing you know, Will Smith's movies go to China. Next thing you know, Will Smith is a big deal in China. Next thing you know, Black Panther goes to China, wrecks the whole thing. Next thing you know, oh, yeah. No, it's just got to be a good movie. It's got to be a good movie that happens to have a black lead. And the assumptions start to get broken because people realize it was a self-fulfilling prophecy that you made based off of your assumptions, Mr. Person in Charge, who greenlights movies, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You know what's ironic? Because it's usually a man, or it used to be a man. Now even that's starting to break down. You know what's ironic about that, Jace?
2: Just to touch on that real quick is... There there, we can't we can't deny that there is prejudice and and systemic racism in the world, just like there. So once you acknowledge that, you know, that these industries have their have had their own levels of systemic racism. And the irony of Jason, what you said was, okay, if we're if, if a movie was greenlit or a project was greenlit. The ones that could have black leads were black movies about slavery. Or about about some kind of black oppression. Uh, I shouldn't say not just black, but African American. I'm being very specific for a reason. It's the African American experience, right? It could be an amazing film. Probably was. But just like any, just like comedy is is very topical, it's very timely, it's very geographical, what have you. If you take a, a movie, let's say about Martin Luther King. Or, or the Watts riots. And you try to sell that, you know, to, to get industry terms, you try and sell that project to a territory overseas. They're like, I. I it's
1: not our experience. It's
2: not our experience. Yeah. I know we yeah. want to be all about the art and really care and stuff, but, and, and it's not necessarily the people who say that. It's usually one person sitting in a room. The and gatekeeper. Doing it for 40 years, a gatekeeper who's like, Nah, we ain't, we're not putting that in our, in our theaters. Give us Will Smith with aliens and monsters blown up. Right. And so that's the irony is that the projects that oftentimes Black people were, their projects were greenlit, it becomes that self-fulfilling prophecy so that that project won't sell overseas, but the projects well, that will, take your Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, take your you know uh, romantic drama, you know, any of those kind of films. Oh, yeah, those will sell. But we won't cast a black
0: lead. Mm. Now, let me let me let me let me uh, I'm gonna throw the ray of hope into the mix. Yeah, is that the business model has changed and now because everything's going to streaming the Netflix, the Apple TV, the Disney Plus, the HBO Max. They they now want your subscription every month all year. So they need to provide you with some kind of content (laughs) that speaks to you. And so, on a global level, right now, there's a you know, look. Right now, Netflix is bringing in Korean, Spanish-speaking, mm. British programming uh, uh, at that uh, that's never existed before. They've upped the the, the dubbing uh, game. Has gone. We grew up with kung fu flicks where the dubbing <laughs> just sounded crazy, right? Just exactly. Like Wait a, up, what are you want? Oh. Yeah. They have you now <laughs> like Netflix. Me. Netflix upped their dubbing game, and all the other streaming services are starting to do the same thing because. There's now such a response for uh, the programming that's coming out of Korea, coming out of China, coming out of uh, Italy and you know, in, in, in Spain and in South America. And so what's interesting is that it's a global market and the now the need is we need something to speak to. Uh, we got a billion possible customers in India. I need some Indian content. We got another we got we got we got how many millions of people in Nigeria? give me Nigerian content. We got what's happening in South America. So they need content that speaks to these people. So they're looking for stories that are on the face of it, speaking to these communities around the globe. And then the funny part is they're intensely human stories by getting more specific, they become more human. Right. And and, and that humanity in it speaks to, that's why Netflix started realizing we have a truckload of people who are not Korean watching these Korean shows. We need to up our dubbing so that they have more access. We have a ton of people who are not, you know, look, um, I've had so many people talk to me about the HBO show by the the British woman of African descent. Uh, You know, they may, I may destroy you.
3: I may destroy you, yeah.
0: uh, A weird kind of dark comic uh, drama uh, about a woman who was sexually assaulted, but it's written by a, a woman who was sexually assaulted. And that story has pierced I've had it's actually her experience. Men. I've had white men, but you know, obviously, black women. I've had every different kind of person you could think of say, "Yo, that shows the joint." That shows real, because it's a very human and intense story. And so, when they're starting, so they're they're putting it on just to pro- provide content that, on a glance, on a trailer, they're speaking to different communities because we need those communities to keep subscribing. But the stories are so good now, and so specific, and so human that they're going, they're going much further than the demographic they were initially intended for. So that's the cool part of where we are right now is that it's breaking wide open. The model's not going to change. We had black exploitation come up in the 70s and it went away. And then we had another little level of, uh, you know, remember House Party?
1: you boomerang. know, and,
0: and, 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 you know well, It was
3: hip hop and, and, exploitation. And then New Spike, Spike, Spike,
0: Spike Lee and, and John Singleton. You know, there's another wave of black films. And now I think we're finally hitting the spot where it's not going to fade away. Now the model, the business model requires that you yeah. keep providing content for a lot of different kinds of people. So I'm more excited than never. I'm also old as hell, so I don't know if I'm gonna get to enjoy it yeah. as much as the next generation yeah. kids, but. Come on. But, but
2: you will, but you will, because when you talk they're, about they're, Netflix, you know, you, you talk about a movie, um, two movies I'm, a, I'm thinking about right now, two rom-coms, Lovebirds and Always Be My Maybe. Yeah. Always Be My yeah. Maybe, yeah. Two, two Asian leads, The Lovebirds, black woman indian man 10 years ago that would have been all white people you might have you might have had uh, a latin woman some some you know she might have been uh, mexican descent she might have been cuban puerto rican you know might have been eva mendez you know maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> maybe. eva mendez eva mendez right yes. maybe <laughs> uh, right right Should we get a yes but,
1: moment of silence,
2: moment of silence. <laughs> but uh in the good way y'all but but that those movies show that again that idea of the breadth of humanity it's it it, it facilitates both ends you put people of, of color and different uh, ethnicities and different backgrounds in a project and they get to allow themselves to to flourish and be experienced not just for them to experience but to be experienced and you service communities that have said oh my god i mean i know i loved those vince vaughn movies but oh my god i get to see lovebirds i get yeah. to see yes always be my maybe and that was my life and to tack it on even further um when you st- like that movie always be my maybe with two Asian leads. I have a lot of Asian friends who are like, Oh, thank God. No one in the movie was great at math. No one did Kung Fu. Wow. Right. Right. One wanted to do, wanted to be a rapper. And the other one was a, (laughs) no ninjas. You know, the other one was a culinary chef. She, she owned restaurants. And they were like, that was closer to my upbringing. Still having the, you know, the Asian mom being hard on them or the grandparents living with them. So there was still that connection to culture, not dismissing or negating culture, but to individuals who were themselves, not these grand archetypes and stereotypes that make it easier to, to make a movie or to market a movie. And it killed. It was great. People loved it.
1: You know, Jarvis, it's interesting. This this conversation is taking taking a turn that I never even thought it would, which is always a blessing, because I I, I started thinking I haven't you know since COVID, since I got home, I haven't <coughs> watched a lot of TV. You know, Bertha and Charles have been consuming more politics, Nation politics. You know, <laughs> MSNBC. <NSMB's laughs> Fox news i mean literally my mom has become like a political pundit herself right <laughs> <laughs> she talks to everybody wants to talk to me but you know over the last couple of weeks i've been able to kind of sit down and 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 watch tv and it's interesting how you are talking about you know from an entrepreneur let's couch this in entrepreneurship because that's what i do that that's that's my day job entrepreneurship people want to see content that that Looks like them, that it has a humanity. and I, I love that. I hadn't even thought about this, that by Netflix and these other you know streaming models saying that we want to put more black Latinx, um, Asian Pacific Islander, uh, whatever the diversity is out there, it, it, is, it is acknowledging, hopefully, right, a humanity that comes with this. And you know, for me, I was like I started watching the boys on uh, Amazon mm. Prime. And right. my
0: joint—that's my joint. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I
1: enjoy that because it, it, you know this all-American take that we've had for a long time about superheroes and Superman and Aquaman and Wonder Woman and all these different things, and to see this this controversial nature of of, of, <laughs> of superheroes—it's interesting. But I kept as I w- as I watched this, I kept thinking I was like, I want more black content, right? I want to. I want to see this humanity, and I said, and that's on me. I was like, I need to be able to go out and and find it. And I said, then I asked myself, I was like, what am I actually looking for when it comes to this kind of content? Am I looking for the Black Love actually, since that's one of my, you know, one of my favorite movies? You know, uh, is that what I'm looking for? And I said, like, well, I can go, you know, look for this. So I, I kept asking myself, where's the content that's going to speak to me? Because I know I. I I've been ingrained with this white content with white actors around humanity and themes that resonate with me. But I want to see black folks. Right. I want to see Latinx folks. I want to see Asian stories. I want to see human stories told and acted by us. And that's why it's so great to be able to see you, you know, Jason and Jarvis on screen, you know, doing and playing aspects of humanity. But I often wonder as I as I watch you all, I'm like. Is Are there grander roles for you that show your experience out there that will resonate to a larger population of us? Because ultimately, uh, yes, you're working with Shonda Rhimes, you know, and Grey's Anatomy, but Grey's Anatomy still, it's a very diverse cast. But I don't know how many of us, and you tell me if I'm wrong, how many of, of, of us... Watch Gray's Anatomy. I started watching when Isaiah Washington got kicked off the show. Uh, but <laughs> that, that was that was O six. I got I you know that was a different time. Um, so I, I just wanted, and this is a this is me going off on a tangent. But it's it's just interesting now thinking about this from an entrepreneurship that there are opportunities for us to create content that speaks to our human experience. That's what it sounds all
0: like all day. I mean, look. Yeah. The, the greatest return on investment for a film is if it has a majority minority cast. Mm-hmm. Um, the studies have shown that if you want to have a great return on your. Fast and the Furious is the perfect example, yes. right? Get me sexy people, give me fast <laughs> cars going fast, and then I need all those sexy people to look like the globe. And then you will truck that movie all around the globe. That movie plays in every country on the planet. Every right. every Fast and Furious movie plays on every country on the planet. Han. And, who's the, and, and who's the leader of the franchise? An ethnically ambiguous man. Right. <laughs> he literally is everybody. Yeah. The dude yeah, is the I mean, <laughs> like, you know, ethnically ambiguous. Is. Wow. <laughs> <of that>. Right. <laughs> the ethnically ambiguous duo. Whoa. <laughs> you no, <know>, it's um <laughs> it's it, it, but it, you know but that's the thing is that I think you know it, I've been preaching for a long time that look don't do it just because it's the right thing to do it is but more importantly do it because it's gonna make you money and you know Hollywood people talk about the racism in Hollywood and I'm like Hollywood's not any more or less racist than all of America than most of the globe they see green is what they're looking for yeah. and if you show them the money and you now if they have assumptions that there's no green on the tail end of the thing you're talking about then they are not gonna mess with it But if they begin to see that there is, the next thing you know, like right now, you know, Jarvis and I are working on projects of our own. Max is working with us on them. Family Uh, affair. And and you know, and that's been a great joy to us, actually collaborating as brothers, because that opportunity hadn't come up. But it's, it's I think it's come up because right now we're at a spot in the world where, you know, I mean, you know, a couple of the projects that Jarvis and I are talking about are Afrofuturists. and you know, we're all a bunch of sci-fi nerds. Like we're super, super nerds when it comes to some of the content that we take in. Uh, I've sat down with folks from Star Trek Discovery. There's a black female lead saving the universe in space. I'm geeked out, I'm loving it. And, you know, some of the folks running it are like, you know, Nigerian, American. You know. And so there's a, uh, we're at a space where that, that content is getting created and it's, it's how you make money. And so now they're calling for it. So now there's more, there are novels that have existed for decades that are getting snatched up now uh because you your butler stuff you know, oh yeah because and, and it's not just because it's not a fad it's because they realize that there's a market you know sci-fi is sci-fi is sci-fi i'll say it like this you can tell the exact same story that's always been told there's an old thing that a lot of theater people talk about that there's only six stories to ever be told and from there you're mixing and matching the stories together okay we can take a little bit of number three and put it with number one yada 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 Yo, boy meet, meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back again, right? It's all, You know how the romantic comedy goes. But when you put a new face and, therefore, a new kind of cultural lens on that story, it gets new and interesting. Creed is my perfect example. Wow. Creed is Rocky. Creed is rocking. Rocky. <laughs> right. It's exactly. Rocky rebooted. It tells you, it tells you, hey, nothing, nothing, we're Rocky. So if you like Rocky, you're going to dig this movie. Yeah. And yeah. You, know you know what? Not even faking. It's Rocky
2: to piggyback that about creed and rocky ryan coogler you know someone asked him why rocky because the I, the idea is that you're a black filmmaker you wouldn't want to do rocky ask and he was like rocky is my favorite movie my father that's a communion with my father he we watched rocky as father and son forever so when i make this movie i'm not just making rocky like you said for Black people, I'm making a movie for my father. Yeah. You go you go mm. to that
0: individual place for the universal. Yeah, and, and it's getting about the specific, you know, what is Rocky about? Rocky's about a dude who was was down and out, had no chance, and he said, I just want to prove, I want to go the distance to prove to everybody that I'm worth something. I know right. I can't win. I can't beat him. I can't beat him. But I just want to be able to prove that I'm worth something. And th- And that speaks to everybody on the planet. So when Creed does it, everybody on the planet goes, I feel just like Creed. You know what I mean? Right. And that, yeah. that makes sense. You find the humanity that's in all of us yeah. when you put those stories together.
1: No. Whew. Man, revolutionaries. And, and it carries
3: over the wisdom from the earlier Rockies. Right. It, exactly. Yes, that and continuity it, and that, that sense of history. And you can get that, that other voice that if Stone was not involved, yeah, you could still make the story work. But, you know, I don't know. It's like the ruin the Gumbo. You know, yeah, yeah, you you do (laughs) not look
1: for my new Orleanians, folks. You don't ruin the gumbo, right? (laughs)
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, I I, I'm coming back like, look, you know, I spent 15 years there. Look, like Rocky, Rocky is the rule. right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you know it takes time for all my new Orleanians who are listening, right? It takes time. You gotta stand over that pot. For a long time. And so you got to work it. You got you, you gotta work that rue. And once you got that rue, right? Once you got that rule right, you don't mess with it. Rocky was the rule. And what Creed has done in Creed one and Creed Two is interesting because Creed two brings back, right? Rocky Drago. 5. Yeah, Drago, right? Yeah. And, right. It brings back that that whole thing. And so I love that, but it brings us into it, right? It brings our people, it brings, you know, uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan and you know and and his amazing his amazing work, but you're into it. You're like, yes, Rocky, I love it. But I, that's it's it's Michael B. Jordan, right? It, it's Creed yeah. and and the juxtaposed juxtaposed, right? Because y'all been saying so many big words, I had to throw one in there today. Um, <laughs> By the relationship that Rocky and <laughs> Apollo Creed had. This was not the show that I thought I was going to have today. I promise you. Right. But mm-hmm. the juxtaposed by the relationship between Rocky and Apollo Creed. Now, Rocky is now the mentor to his fallen friend. And we still get this lead character. We get to see the extension admi- of Michael B. Jordan, you know, <laughs> you know, Fruitvale Station. Right. He come a long way from Fruitville Station, you know, yeah. which was a great movie in itself. Right. And you think an about Black Panther and all the great things. But I'm just overjoyed. You know, I'm overjoyed with the work that Jarvis and Jason are doing, you know, to move in spaces that we haven't had before and to see your extension. And now to see the projects that you all are doing as the George boys, as the family, it becomes a family affair where the where the brain now gets to bring all of his nuances and love and passions into The work that you all are doing, Um, it's just amazing to see. And I I hope my revolutionaries have the ability to to really sit with this, sit with this story that you've heard today from a mother pouring her love and life into her sons, building kings, building revolutionaries, and to see them, right? Right. To see them, like, just take a look at them. Let me take a picture so I can send this to (laughs) our our family, right? So they can see real quickly. But to see their revolutions in action, to see Jughead, the the bad boy, the, the you know who would you know <laughs> often was pulled by the ear by his mother, looking at him like, "What have you been doing?" Right. <laughs> right to to see Jason, who, like I said, talked us out of everything. To and I said I was going to mention this to this brother who would create these toy guns out of aluminum foil, and I kept thinking, like, "How much foil does just Johnny go through?" <laughs> Now, how much oil does Shirley?
3: It was it was my, it wasn't my fault. She, <laughs> Where are my lunar foil going? i know
1: like, oh, that. yeah, because Johnny would Johnny would make these guns with with the foil. You know, I grew up.
0: You know yeah. that was because 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 my tried for a second. She tried uh, no guns in the house thing. Yeah, uh, and this is I mean look, you know, boys will be boys has been used mistakenly for the longest time, but. Here's the thing, you know,
3: Star Wars,
0: it, it was games. She, she tried to know guns in the house. And so Max said, OK, and he took some aluminum foil and he made a gun. He's like, you don't have to buy it. I'm going to make it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do what I'm yeah. going to do no matter what. I'm going to make it happen no matter what. And that's when she began to realize that, OK, well, maybe I need to rethink how I come with these kids. Yeah. And what, that what, what is, is doing not with it?
2: Max in a nutshell? You tell me not to do something. All right. I'm going to I'm going to figure out a way to do it for yeah. myself. Yeah. In a nutshell. But that's on Shirley.
1: That's the foundation. Yeah. That's Shirley George. You couldn't ever tell Shirley George that she was not going to be able to do anything, right? That's good luck sure. with that. Right, right. Good luck. Right. Good luck with that. that. She's, you know, if you if you that's had to characterize it that's exactly, she's a drill, right? She's always moving forward. Yeah, she's yeah. always moving forward there are this this conversation could go on much much longer much much longer like i said oh, yeah. this, this was not the show that i expected but this is the show that we get and it is much much better than the boring boring questions that i had for these brothers <laughs> but, uh, i, I want to hey, say doc, this, dr Corpru, dr Corpru, dr. 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 Yeah, doctor 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 you you see know. him Doctor, <laughs> chucky him dr. Corperew, chucky 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 um I want to say this publicly, man, I love you all. You know, it has been it has been a, a, a wonderful opportunity too, to grow up oh, and to grow up in your in your space, in your orbit, uh, to have family, as I said, an only child, but never felt like I was an only child because I, could, I knew at some point during the week I was going to go hang out with the three of you all. We would do we will spend the night would, we Johnny was going to keep us up, whatever we were doing. Uh, I never felt alone because I had the three of you all. And that you means- always have You always had brothers. Always, have brothers. always. And it meant so much to me growing up, having that brotherhood, having that solidarity, having that that safe space to do everything that we did as young boys. And to now see us and to see you all in the spaces that you all walk, right? And that you inhabit and that you uplift and that you proliferate. I'm very proud to be your play cousin, <laughs> you know, to be a part of your life. Come on fam. Look, Congratulations to all of you all fathers. You know, Jason has been a father for a long time. Jarvis is a new father. How old is Benjamin? Benjamin will be two on the 26th. Wow, two. Uh, counting, Jason, counting to 10. Yeah, all. crazy, crazy. Um, Johnny and I are still still on that trek. We're gonna make it happen. <laughs>
3: bachelors. I'll be the 60-year-old father. <laughs> you,
1: hey, hey I, look, my, look, I am I am the Clooney. Look at this, look at all this gray. I'm the Clooney. I'm trying to I'm trying to, get, I'm trying to have twins at 56. Um, but look, man, technology so, can make it happen. Technology. So look, revolutionaries. It's been a wonderful opportunity to spend this time with Jason, Johnny, Jarvis. George, the George Birds to talk about their mother, Shirley George, their relationships with our family, the core to hear about their revolutions and what they're doing in the world. We're ending our time. We're ending 2020. And we could easily say that this has been one of the worst years of our lives. But when we have crisis, that we also have opportunity. And so I asked you to think about this. What are the opportunities that have come about for you in 2020? How can you create revolution in your life in 2021? How you can you transform not only yourselves, as Jarvis said, each one teach one, right? How can you not only think about how you're going to grow, how you're going to allow yourself to plant trees, right, under shade, which you will not sit. Make mm. sure that you are going out in Those the world. Acorns. End. Say what? Those acorn. Acorns. That's right. Acorns. Acorns. Look, see, see. Brain gonna call me out. <laughs> uh, but making sure that you are planning, right? That you are planning. That you are giving back to the world that should be your revolution because what happens when you plan out in the world i promise you i promise you the world will come back to you i wish you success in these closing days of 2020 i wish you great time with your families time with your families loving and hopefully we can get back to as johnny said earlier the ability to hug and love on each other. And I can't wait to hug on my brothers, <laughs> my play yeah, cousins, man. as we see each other. Revolution is, as we say, I hope that you can answer the most thought-provoking question of your life. What's your revolution? We'll talk to you soon, you. everyone. Take care. Good revolution Good. days.